Radio Theater Project. Radio Theater Project. A radio drama series featuring comedy, science fiction, and mystery. 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 Old stories and new. Radio Theater Project. Theater of the mind for today. Eugene Valmont, the greatest detective ever? No. Adelaide Simard, the most put-upon assistant ever? Mais oui. Presenting the mysterious triumphs of Eugene Valmont, based on the stories by Robert Barr, adapted and written for radio by Heather Elliott. This time, it's the absent-minded club, or Valmont has a different answer. Are you leaving for the day, Eugene? Yes. Make sure you lock the office when you leave. I always lock it. Anything of interest planned this weekend? Leola, Benji, and I are going to a Broadway show tonight. You spend too much time with that woman. I don't like it. You don't like that she's smarter than you? Good night, Simard. Did you call Detective Spencer L. back and set up an appointment? Yes. What time? I want to be sure it's on your calendar. Good night, Simard. Pardon me for trying to keep your damn business organized. What is it, Detective L? Something with the Fellini case? I would have done better if you let me run the murder investigation my own way. You're not even an American citizen, Valmont. You shouldn't have even been involved. I chased that man across France. I was the most qualified to handle the case. You're not here about the Fellini case, are you? No, I'm not. The counterfeiters have eluded you, no? Counterfeiters? How the hell did you know about that? Obviously, a lucky guess. It's not luck. Very well. It's no luck. You are trying to find uh, the counterfeiters before they fled the city with fake euros, uh, dollars. Well, counterfeiting is a lot more complicated than just printing more dollars. We've got one of the members under surveillance, hoping he'll slip up. Then question him. We can't arrest the guy until we're sure he has the fake bills, and even then we'd lose the rest of the ring. There is something you wish to ask me, no? Why else would you insist on meeting privately on your evening off? You're damn good, Valmont. And smart. I can't back you up on this, and I'll lose my job if anyone knows what I'm asking. Tell me about Ralph Summertree. You know his name? I have sources. But you're going to ask me something? No offense, but I thought maybe you could do one of your foreign tricks. Tricks? You know, turning over a house without a search warrant. Ah, why do you suspect Araf Samatri? He's unemployed and lives in Prospect Park West. Yes? That's an expensive neighborhood, Valmont. No job, but every week he takes a full deposit bag to the bank. How do you know he's not the ringleader? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you've already put a man in his house and proven he's not the leader. For the past six weeks. 
and all we've been able to find out is the courier lives at the house and each night brings an envelope of money that is stashed away in Summertree's safe until his Friday morning bank run. Where does the courier come from? An antique store in Hell's Kitchen. We've checked every angle of it and can't find a connection to the forger's ring. You say the Summertree has no job? Nothing to speak of. Trying to become the next great American novelist, I guess. Bodger's... That's my undercover officer. Said he locks himself in his office most of the day. I shall have to talk to your man on the inside. Then you'll do it? He quickly go on hurt. You can join Officer Podgers at 10.30 tomorrow morning. Make sure you're wearing black pants and a maroon polo shirt. Was that? <laughs> Didn't I mention it? Officer Podgers is the cleaning lady. Here, fella. No loitering. Don't mind me. I'm waiting for someone. You wouldn't be the young fella Ale mentioned. You're uh, Jasmine Pajaz? Unfortunate name, isn't it? Don't stand there yapping. I got work to do, Mr. Vermont. Yes, of course. It's Vermont. I have to admit, I was expecting someone a bit... A bit younger? Too many cop shows these days. We're not all models, you know. You're in the police department? Shh. I partially retired. You have to admit who would suspect a sweet old cleaning lady. Ale said you come to look to ask questions, so start looking and asking. I mean that dirty frying pan from the stove. Ale said the courier leaves here and is open about the money she brings to Summer Tree. Courier? Oh, you mean that woman I call Eva. What else do you know about this Eva? She sleeps upstairs on the toilet floor, always comes back around six at night. What does she do when she gets in? Lets herself in the house with the key, puts the money in the fire safe. That's on the shelf in the dining room. Does she ever talk with Summertree when she gets in? No. Where is Mr. Summertree's room? On the second floor, next to the office. Anything odd about Mr. Summertree's habits? I don't hear a peep from him during the day when I'm cleaning. I thought writers like to have music or steady flow of coffee or something, but nothing. Anything is? He gets all the papers. How is that odd? No one that age buys the paper these days, let alone all the morning papers from all the news companies. I don't think he actually reads them. Why do you say that? They don't look red and there's nothing clipped from them. He has me keep him in piles by the dead down in the basement and he keeps a week's worth at a time. That is highly unusual. Hell, oh, leave a message from me. It's Vermont. He's not the counterfeiter. That's all. Hale knows what I'm talking about. What does your job entail, Officer Borges? Cleaning, mostly. I'll have a look around if you don't mind. Don't be noisy or he will hear you. I don't think he's home. Not home? You've been very helpful, Mrs. Borges. Detective L wants to speak with you. 
I'll call him later. Is in your office? Read this. I'm not reading a dozen newspapers. Read declassifieds. See if there's anything about antiques. You said you were looking for a counterfeiter? Not anymore. Will you please explain to me how you suddenly decide Ralph Summertree is not a counterfeiter? He is not home during the day. There is a secret door that goes from his office to a bedroom upstairs. Pretends he's writing all day when he's really out somewhere. So the printing is done somewhere else. He's not in the counterfeiting ring. I think he's hiding his true occupation. Maybe ashamed of living in such a wealthy neighborhood and working in something like a retail store. You think he works at the antique shop in Hell's Kitchen? You're catching along nicely. I'll need the dress of the shop. You said he's not the counterfeiter. Yes, but I want to know what he's really up to. Something illegal is going on at that house. Was Officer Podgers able to help? Quite. Is she really in your department? Has been for about 20 years. She's very observant, and her undercover work has been a major factor in several cases. Ali, unusual. So are you. The address. I'll come with you, Vermont. You're looking through a newspaper, Simard. You wouldn't know an antique if it beat you. You might as well come if you're going to complain. But you're not going home until you have looked through all those papers. Evening. Good evening. Feel free to look around. Cash only. Uh, we close in ten minutes. Thank you. Looks like a dump in here. Anything of value, Adelaide, since you seem to know so much about antiques. Damn it, Vermont. I know about them, right? Not many look to be worth much, but uh, everything is marked up. Odd location for an antique shop, wouldn't you say? Not all that odd. The theater district isn't far away, and uh, a lot of the actors live in the area. Artists, too. Good place to sell weird stuff. Interesting crucifix, don't you think? How much were these uh, crucifixes? Forty-five bucks with tax. That's pricey. Is it old? Victorian. Are you interested in any particular era antiques? Only in things that catch my eye. Uh, let me know if you have any other questions. What is he doing, Vermont? I can't see with the bureau in the way. Addressing envelopes. By hand? Just run them through a printer. Saves time. I'll take the crucifix. Out of 50? Five dollars is your change. Good evening, Mr. Simpson. Excuse me for a minute. Um, if anything catches your eye, let me know. Merci. Why do you do that? Do what? Get a feminine. I am feminine. You were police and... Uh... Leave it be, Vermont. That damn past is dead. That's two. I wonder what they're doing here. Walking right in like they work here. I'm going to eavesdrop. What do you think of this, Eugene? Cuckoo clock. What are you doing? I'm trying to listen. Making it sound like we are still browsing and not eavesdropping. 
antique letter opener. Would make a nice weapon. Find anything in those newspapers last night? A few ads that uh, seem to be in all the papers. Not identical, but uh, close enough. All of them to do with uh, curling uh, absent-mindedness or some such nonsense. Let me see. Hmm. Identical on three points. Curling absent-mindedness. Wanting to know the applicant's obese. And to contact Dr. Willoughby at the antique store. Absent-minded? Contact uh, Dr. Willoughby for a free pamphlet. Please email or mail to these addresses. Sounds fake. Very fake. The pamphlet says the same. What pamphlet? I lifted one from Summertree's desk at the shop yesterday. Our suspect is a writer. Our fake scientific self-help booklets. Summertree? They call him Simpson. A week. Email this Dr. Willoughby and tell him Albert Webster is rather absent-minded, would like his pamphlet, and his special lobby is collecting our first edition books. Put our secondary phone number in. I will change the voicemail message and the sign on your door to say Albert Webster. What do you think Sam Altry is up to? I don't know, Simon, but we will find out soon enough. Hi. I am not sure if I'm in the right place. I'm looking for Albert Webster. Is he here? Yes. Is he expecting you? If he has a moment. Of course. Uh, one minute, uh, Madame... Uh... Andy McPherson. Mr. Webster and Andy McPherson is here to see you. One minute. Been to the library recently? What? Oh, no, these aren't library books. Come in, please. What can I help you with, Madame McPherson? Are you interested in any first editions? First editions? It's only a hobby I have, but it does come out a bit pressy. Very true. These three books net two grand. You wouldn't find a better price for them anywhere else. Have a seat, Madame McPherson. Your books are extraordinary. Are you telling me you're walking around the streets of New York City with $2,000 worth of books under your arm? <laughs> Who's going to mug me for old books, Albert? I could have picked them up at a yard sale. How did you come across this one? I am a connoisseur in rare and valuable books. I have cultivated acquaintances with rare book lovers all over the city. These three books, for instance, are from the library of a private gentleman in Prospect Park West. Really? He wishes to sell them at something under their real value and has kindly allowed me to handle the transactions on his behalf. It's a little extra pocket money, you know. How did you know I was a bibliophile? Chance, I suppose. I pick a building and ask if anyone is interested in rare editions. Just like I asked you. If they say no, I move on. Or you are a man telling me the name of the owner of these books? I am suspicious by nature, you see. This is the first time I've met you. 
Not at all. His name is Ralph Summertree. Ralph Summertree. If you'd like to speak with Mr. Summertree, I can arrange it for you. No. Don't bother him on my account. I was going to tell you, Albert, that I have a friend, a capitalist who is, let's say, my supporter. It is inconvenient to pay the entire amount for these books. So when I find someone who is interested, my friend purchases the book outright, I set up weekly payments with my customer. Suppose I take one of the books. What would I pay for a week? Could you manage... Hmm... Ten dollars a week. That's the same as two coffees. I could do that. Thank you, Albert. I'll leave the book here with you and come back same day, each following week for the next payment. Check. Cash only, like I said before. Oh, did you? Cash then. Is it ten? Do I need to uh, sign any form or contract for the rest of the payments, uh, Madame Rickfisson? <laughs> No formalities between us, Albert. I do this because I enjoy it. You know, I hope to make enough connections that I can quit my job at the insurance company and set up a little book business of my own. A wonderful idea, Madame McPherson. You are a most pleasant businesswoman. We are breaking into the antique shop and looking for... A book or two. I don't think this is a good idea, Vermont. We could be seen. There are no security cameras at the back entrance. Didn't you see what you needed two days ago when we were there? Note everything. The final piece of the puzzle is in that back room. That's where Summer Tree met with those two men and uh, three women we saw. Rogers, MacPherson, Dara, and I didn't catch the other woman's name. They all know him as Simpson. There, we in. See if there's a safe anywhere. No safe. If I can find the computer, I could get into it and find the... Oh, hello. I have found it. The computer? I expected him to keep it locked up. The computer? Business breakouts. I assume they'd be in a bound notebook, not the loose pages in a binder. They aren't lists for those five who work for Summer Tree, and one more. Albert Webster, right here on the bottom of the page, labeled Andy McPherson's list. Name, address, amount, and uh, what's the smaller dollar figure after that? That's what I actually paid ten dollars on five six day. Looks alright to me. Looks are deceiving, Simard. And this is what I was looking for. Where is your camera? I need pictures of a few of these pages. Wouldn't it be better to get copies of all the pages? If you can sneak all them out, take them to an office supply store. Run it through the Caprio at six cents a page, and then put them back without mixing the order or damaging the patients. Then, by all means, make copies of everything. Detective L will get a warrant letter. You'd better damn well be right, Vermont. I've done worse than this in my life, but I've changed, and this does not sit right with me. Elle, 
it's Vermont. I need you at my office Wednesday next week at 4 p.m. So you found the counterfeiters? Counterfeiters? No idea. But I've got symmetry on something else. If you'll be later than 4 p.m., don't bother coming. Andy McPherson, you're in for a surprise next week. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I was expecting to meet Albert Webster. Oh, there you are, Albert. I didn't see you in the corner. I suppose you've heard of Eugene Vermont. Never heard of him. I don't know your friend. <laughs> Detective Ale, NYPD. Have a seat. You've been to see Elijah Morton this week? Yes, I have. In October of 2012, you sold Elijah Morton a carved antique table for $760, correct? Yes. When you were here last week, you told me Ralph Cemetery was the man whose books you were selling, and you knew at the time that he was your employer. You also knew that Mr. Simpson and Ralph Cemetery are the same man. I don't see what you're getting at. Madame McPherson, you and Rogers and Tyrell and three of us are confederates of this man Simpson. We're employed by him, if that's what you mean. Detective Spencer Ale, he's here for your confession. Now, Madame McPherson, I want your confession, and I want it at once. Confession? Ha! What are you talking about? What? Have you to say in your defense, Madame McPherson? Where nothing criminal has been alleged, Monsieur Valmont, I don't see why I have to defend myself. If you want me to admit that somehow you've gotten a hold of some business details, I'm perfectly willing to look them over and tell you if they're accurate. <laughs> if you'll tell me what you're concerned about, I'll try to clear it up for you. I really have no idea what you think you're getting from this conversation. There. Ever seen that before? Yes. That's from our business records at the shop. My client list. You've never heard of Dr. Willoughby, I suppose? I have. He's the author of that silly pamphlet on the science of absent-mindedness. It's his pen name of Ralph Summertree. He's into all that sort of thing, and is always writing about it. There. We're getting your confession beat by beat. Tell me, in a few exact words, what charge is against Mr. Summertree or myself? We charge you and Summertree with obtaining money under a false pretenses. We can't charge you without evidence, Mr. Valmont. Take Elijah Morton. You sold him an antique table for $760 with a weekly installment plan of $15 a week. That's about a year to pay it off. But he's absent-minded, isn't he? And you kept charging him for two more years. $2,280. That's three times as much. Now, do you understand the charge? Really, you know, this was a grand idea. The absent-minded league, you might call it. Ha! Summertree would get a good laugh. 
if he had a sense of humor about him, which he doesn't, to know his obsession with writing those damn pamphlets now has him under suspicion for fraud. We have proof! Proof that I carried out my business, pitching sales, then collecting the money? You're jumping to conclusions, Valmont. What might that be? You're assuming we sold only one thing to Elijah Morton. As a matter of fact, he buys a lot through me. But the payment plan stays the same. Always $15 a week. Few other clients do the same. Why? We have consistent income, and they get first choice of anything of interest. This paper you showed me is the client list, yes. But to make sense of it, you need to cross-reference it with another ledger we call the encyclopedia. And where might that be? The antique shop? That book is the heart of our business. By the date of each transaction, there's a faint number that corresponds with a page in the encyclopedia. Where is it? Let me get a hold of Mr. Summertree, and he'll bring it over for you. Put it on speakerphone. What do you need, Andy? I'd like a look at a page from the 2012 encyclopedia. Can you text me a snapshot of it? Sure. Give me a few minutes to get it out of the safe. Right. Bye. There you have it. Am I under arrest? Not yet. And you're not leaving this room until we see that picture. Then am I under arrest? I believed you locked the door behind me. While we're waiting, may I remind you that you owe me ten dollars? Of course. Here you are. Are you on the police force? Not officially. Not at all. Well, that's a loss for our country. I've said the same. Now, if the police here could take a few lessons from France... We don't need another revolutionary war, thank you. Everyone was guilty until proven innocent then. Let me. What the hell? This is a picture of a sports magazine. Stop her! What are you doing? You can't burn that paper. It's evidence. You broke into the shop and took this picture. You have no official standing in this country, Belmont. I wouldn't have dared burn it if Detective Hale had produced it. Encyclopedia was a code word, wasn't it? You've destroyed everything. Gone. Every possible bit of evidence you might have used is burned. That picture confirms it. Now open the door or I'll break it down. Either put me under arrest or let me walk. This whole setup was completely illegal, and I'll make a formal complaint against you, Detective Hale, if this door is not opened. Adele, unlock the door. Thank you, and good evening, Detective. And Mr. Valmont, I'll be calling you again next week for your payment. Bravo, Valmont. There's another story for your book. What book? Don't think I didn't notice five copies of your self-published autobiography sitting on the shelf behind your desk. I told you it wasn't a good idea, but uh, here's an email that might cheer you up uh, from the UK. What's in the UK? Haunted Castle and a rich man who is missing. This was The Mysterious Triumphs of Eugene Valmont based on the stories written by Robert Barr, adapted and written for radio by Heather Elliott. 
starring Innocencio Valderrama as Eugene Valmont and Claudia Cimini as Adelaide Simard. Also in the cast were Rebecca Murray as Andy McPherson, Ray Nessel as Detective Spencer, Jim Gallen as Ralph Summertree, and Donna Ray Brockman as Jasmine Podgers. I'm your announcer, Ann Bodle Nash. Music director, Jasmine Clemenson. Sound design and dialogue editing, Jay Charles. Recording technician, Yuna Sataki. Production assistant, Tori Quisenberry. Director, Christine Yautzi. Associate producer, Roberta Wiley. Produced by Joseph C. McGuire. Recorded at KSBR Studios in Mount Vernon, Washington. This was a Radio Theater Project presentation. This program is supported with a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.